Hello and welcome to the Ocean Rowing Club podcast where each week I will talk to a past ocean rower to get their unique view on the ocean rowing experience. My guest this week is Phoebe Wright. Hey Phoebe, please tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Phoebe. I'm 29 and I'm from the UK from the south coast um, in Hampshire. And I took part in the 2020 Talaska Whiskey Atlantic Challenge, rowing 3,000 miles across the Atlantic Ocean in a four-man team or four-woman team. I rowed as part of the Bristol Gulls from La Gomera in the Canary Islands to Antigua in the Caribbean. And my crossing took 46 days, seven hours and 50 minutes, I believe. Could be wrong there on the time exactly, but yeah, just under 47 days. We like to start with the big one. Why did you want to row across an ocean? So I guess my pathway into ocean rowing is not the most common, I guess. I would have never said that rowing an ocean was a dream of mine or like a long-term goal. I actually was quite lucky in that I almost fell into it. If you can say that. How I, how I became part of the team was the Bristol girls had been a team for a, for a few years training for the race and, and preparing the campaign. And one of my best friends from, from university, Lorna, was in the team. And last August, one of the girls decided it wasn't for her and she, she left the team. So there became an opening. And I actually at the time was, um, cycling home from Berlin. I'd taken my bike out into Europe and, and was on a big bike ride home by myself. And I got a phone call from Lorna saying, how, how about it? I guess I should kind of just uh, say here a bit like I, I've been working on sailing boats for most of my adult life and I've done a lot of adventures, solo adventures. So I guess I'm, if Lorna was thinking of the kind of person that might want to do it, I guess it wasn't unusual for her to think of me or, yeah, I, I'm known as a kind of a, as an adventurous person and someone that likes to kind of be spontaneous and take on new challenges and, and do kind of exciting or I guess maybe a bit scary adventurous things. So yeah, I was asked to join the team and I actually said no originally. I lost my job because of COVID. And so I didn't really feel like it was a very sensible thing for me to do. I, I mean, I was kind of just living a little bit of a nomadic lifestyle. I was going back to stay with my parents. And yeah, I, I knew how much of a commitment the row was and how much investment the other three girls had put into it already. So I wasn't sure if I was ready for that. But anyway, they kind of persuaded me and twisted my arm a bit. And I, I cycled home and, and went to meet them in in Exmouth, where the boat was kept during training. And that's how I joined the team. I met them and I said, yeah, okay, why not? I rode all the way through university. So that's how I knew Lorna. And yeah, I kind of, part of me was like, how often do you get asked to row across an ocean with three pretty cool girls in a boat that's already there for you with all the equipment? Like they, the other three had done a lot of the hard grafting to get to the start line. I mean, I'm very well aware of the effort it takes to prepare and to get yourself in the space where you can actually row an ocean. So I was super lucky to join with most of that fundraising and and things done. I guess part of me also wanted to know what I'm really capable of. I I remember finishing, I did a 3,000 um, kilometre hike in, I hiked the length of New Zealand. And I remember getting to the end and thinking, okay, that was cool. That was really, really amazing. But what's next? And I want to know what I can do. So I suppose I saw also the Atlantic Row as an opportunity to push myself further than I have before and to really find out what I can do. I had no doubt, to be honest, I had no doubt that I wouldn't be able to do it, but I wanted to, I wanted to know where my weaknesses were and, and what 
what it was like to do an Atlantic row. And, and also I wanted to know, I wanted to feel that pride, um, that people feel at the end of, of adventures. I, for some reason, even though I know what I've done before is, is amazing and something I should be proud of. I've never really felt that overwhelming sense of achievement, which I was really craving. So that was another reason why I wanted to do the row. Tell us the top three highlights of your crossing. Well, highlights is a question I get asked for often, and it is hard to to select the best moments because there was so many amazing, incredible moments during the Atlantic crossing. But I think for me, the first swim was about 10 days in, and that first plunge into the ocean was the most refreshing, incredible sensation. When you've been hot and sweaty and sticky and tired and cramped up into a little ball, it's kind of, you know, this little shape of everything's cramped up and jumping into the sea and just feeling that moment of instant refreshment definitely stands out to me as one of the best moments of the whole trip. Secondly, about halfway through, maybe a bit further on, we had, um, we saw quite a few, quite a bit of wildlife, but I had this one moment where we were surfing down a wave. We had really good tailwinds. So we were cruising along without too much effort. And I looked to my left and there was a whale surfing in the wave next to us. So I just saw it, didn't see it from the top. I didn't see it's, it's, um, fin or anything, but I just saw it's kind of the shadow of it parallel to us. So as we were surfing, it also was surfing next to us. And that was pretty cool. It was, you know, a few seconds, but, um, amazing to realize how exposed and vulnerable we are as a boat and you're just at one with these incredible marine animals that was pretty special and my third highlight which i don't know if it's bad to say this but it was the arrival um that rowing into english harbour in antigua having people shouting there were boats blowing their horns we had flares it was just really really incredible that feeling of excitement of wow we've made it of relief of pride. It was just an overwhelming moment of emotion. And yeah, that's why I would say that the arrival is also in up there with my highlights. What was the hardest part physically and what was the hardest part mentally? So I think for me, the most physically challenging part of my Atlantic row was just the constant exposure to the elements. Like I'm quite fair skinned and I found it really tough to be in the sun so for so many hours a day without any shade I really really hated that sensation of kind of being the sun just like burning down onto you and um there being absolutely no respite like you're outside on deck in the sun and if there was no breeze it was just just like being in an oven and then you go into the into the cabin and you're off shift and you'd be in a sauna so for me that was really hard you know being exposed I mean rain you can kind of deal with it and actually sometimes it was quite refreshing but yeah the sun just the relentlessness of that heat for me day after day after day was, I would say, really hard. Mentally challenging wise, but I mean, by and large, the, the rowing across the Atlantic Ocean, I think anyone it can do it if you have, you know, a base level of fitness. It's not an impossible task, but the mental side of it is really what I think kind of pushes it over the edge and kind of being that much more extreme. You know, it's the mental side of it was really, really tough. And there's a few aspects that I found like particularly, particularly hard, I guess. At the time, um, I really found the relentlessness of the routine, hard work, just like the constant, just two on, two off. There's not, not much time to relax. You know, everything is, has to run like clockwork and, but also never knowing quite when you're going to end. So that kind of continuousness of always having to keep going, having to keep going, having to dig deep and deep, but never really knowing how long you're going to have to do that for. So at the time of doing the crossing, that's what I found the most challenging mentally. But actually in retrospect, when I got back on land and I thought about it again, I, I realized that I felt a huge sense of relief on arrival. And that relief came from 
the f- this kind of the fact that I no longer had to be upbeat and positive and enthusiastic. And that's kind of a role I put on myself, I think, during the crossing is that I was the one who was always there, always cheery, always happy. And I was making sure my teammates were fed and, and had a drink and were enjoying themselves. And I really wanted to make it like a happy place to be on the boat. And I didn't realize how much energy that took from me until we got to the finish. And I suddenly was like, oh my God, that was actually a lot of energy mentally to exert that kind of positivity day after day after day, you know, throughout exhaustion and whatever came our way. So mentally challenging, I think, was was that. Excluding people and pets, which three things did you miss most while you were at sea? I'm going to put number one was fresh food and a variety of texture and um, just food that wasn't freeze-dried. We had, I think we had our last tangerine on day 14. That was a sad, a sad, sad moment. But yes, I missed fresh food. And secondly, I would say I missed, I really missed clean bedding. One of my biggest hates from the whole crossing and things I really, really just grossed me out. And I, I really didn't like it was our bedding just got, it's just crusted in salt and sweat and grime. And I really, really craved having clean bed sheets. I mean, we rinsed them in fresh water and hung them on, you know, you don't hang them out to dry, but they just dry in salty air and they become even more gross. And the third thing was a variety of things to look at. Uh, essentially, you only see sky and sea for the entire duration. And so I missed having more things to stimulate my mind and things, you know, more variety of scenery to look at. How much training did you do before the row? So obviously I joined the team with only four months to go. So I had limited, limited training. And uh, But I was in a lucky position. I joined the team. I was already quite fit. I spent all of lockdown doing daily workouts at home in the garden. I just got off the back of this big bike ride. Um, plus I already knew how to row. I'd rowed at university for four years. So I didn't have to learn how to row, which was a huge advantage. By the time I joined the team, gym still being closed because of COVID. So the training plan we had been set didn't involve any gym equipment. It was just kettlebells, body weights bodyweight exercises, resistant bands, a lot of core training and flexibility work, which I enjoyed. It was, I could did most of it in my living room at home, but I actually did think there was no, no rowing machine training plan or on our training plan. There was no rowing machine workouts by the time I joined the team. And I felt a bit guilty or kind of a bit like, oh, maybe I should actually try sitting on a rowing machine for two hours because I'm going to be doing this day in, day out at sea. And maybe it'd be good to train my mind and my body to kind of know what it's like to be in the same position with the same kind of lack of mental stimulation. So I bought a, a rowing machine off Gumtree and I did two one-hour rows. And then I thought, not doing this again, that was pretty horrendous and no fun at all. So it just sat in the garage for the next three months gathering dust. Yeah, so my training was limited, but I was lucky to be in good strength. You know, my youth probably helped them to my advantage and I didn't suffer from any physical injuries or, or kind of severe ailments on the crossing. So I was happy with where I was with the training or with how much training I'd done when I started. Did you suffer with any injuries, sores, nasties or sickness? I was incredibly lucky during the Atlantic crossing to not suffer from any serious injuries or, or physical problems. I didn't get any seasickness, which was incredibly lucky and I was very grateful for. I suffered the usual kind of sore bums, had a few you know, you get a few bum spots from the just the pressure from sitting down all all the time. I got blisters at the beginning, but they turned to calluses. 
the usual kind of bruises on your shins and legs kind of from being slammed with the oars. But the only thing I remember being, I guess, a recurring problem for me was hand cramp and I suffered from numb fingers. So the ends of my fingers on both hands went numb for basically the entire duration. And I still had full use. Well, I say full limited because of the cramping and how sore your hands were, but it wasn't anything that stopped me from actually being able to row, which yeah, I was, I was super grateful that I didn't have any bigger problems. Which three songs remind you of your row? Number one is No Scrub by TLC. It was our toilet bucket song. I would say it was sung, well, not in its entirety, but probably the chorus was sung multiple times a day. I'm sure you can imagine why. Second song is Thinking of You by Lord Echo. Kind of not a very well-known song, I would say. Quite a long song. I just heard it before I started and I really liked it. And somehow it had ended up on almost every one of my playlists that I made. And so every day it came around and I I loved it. But the others, I think, got annoyed with it by the end. And finally, Murder, She Wrote. That song, which is kind of a bit tropical, it kind of reminded us of where we were heading in the Caribbean. Sophia loved it. Sophia, one of the girls on the team, she just loved the song. And every time it was, came on, everyone would start singing along and it was kind of just the mood was up. It was yeah, just a nice song that when I think about, when I hear now, it just makes me think of kind of sunset shifts on the oars. Yeah, we, we played a lot of music, but, you know, those songs definitely make me think of the, of the trip. Did you suffer with any post-adventure blues so for me, I've definitely suffered post-adventure blues before. When I finished hiking Tiararoa, the the long distance hike I did in New Zealand, I really craved another adventure and I really longed for that simple life and the kind of community I found in adventure and, and simplicity of life. But after this Atlantic row, I didn't really have any time to have post-adventure blues. I spent two or three weeks in Antigua before getting a job on a super yacht and I sailed back across the Atlantic. And I've been working on a boat ever since. It's a pretty full on job with not much time to kind of sit back and think. So I just haven't had the time to have post-adventure blues. I also finished not really or being ready for it to be over. So I wasn't, I was never longing for it to continue. What advice do you have for future ocean rowers? Okay, I'm going to pass on some advice that I was told by two guys that rode the North Atlantic a few years ago. And they told me they were just like, look after your skin. There is like fresh water, wash your skin with fresh water every day, wear sun cream, wear a hat. Like looking after your skin can make your trip so much more enjoyable because it can cause a lot of discomfort if if you don't. Secondly, I'm going to say from my experience, keep a tidy boat. I remember getting really stressed when the boat looked like a bit of a shit tip. So just like try and keep things organized. It will make your crossing more enjoyable. And then aside from housekeeping things, if you're in a team, hug each other every day, laugh, tell jokes, scream at the ocean when you're annoyed, make videos, take photos, just really try and do what you can to enjoy it and to keep positive and keep happy. You can't control the uncontrollable. So things like when there's bad weather or things break that are out of your control, don't waste your time and energy worrying about it or getting annoyed about things that are completely out of your control. Your energy is going to be sapped enough as it is. You know, you're sleep deprived and your 
body is exhausted. So you've got to just save the energy for when it's needed and not waste it on on things that are not worth worrying about. Another thing I'm going to say is lanyard everything on, final advice. Uh, sadly, when we capsized, we did lose a lot of things to the ocean because we'd become slack and lazy with not tying things on. Um, we lost all our seat pads, we lost sporks, we lost water bottles, we lost drinks containers. I have to, you know, horrible to say that we lost those things to the ocean. But yeah, it was in a capsize. It was a freak, a freak wave caught us and we suffered the consequences for the following weeks because we'd lost all those vital things that we'd been relying on, lost them to the ocean. And finally, would you do it again? It is surprising how often I get asked if I do the the row again or another Atlantic or another ocean row, because it's such a huge undertaking of like time and money and physical and mental effort, I suppose. And for me, the answer is no, I wouldn't do it again. Not because I didn't have the most incredible time, but because if I had another 50 days of time free in my life and X amount of money to spend on a big adventure, I would just do something different. I don't think think there's so many things in life and so many amazing opportunities in the world um, that I don't need to do the same thing twice. Kind of that's how I look at it. I had a really, really great time and I learned lots about myself and and about the other people I was with. And I, yeah, it was incredible and amazing, but I don't need to repeat it or to try and recreate something that was that was good, you know, when I did it the first time around. Huge thank you to Phoebe for sharing her story and all of her advice. I'm really looking forward to seeing where her adventures take her next. If you're an ocean rower and would like to share your story, get in touch, theoceanrowingclub at gmail.com or via Instagram at theoceanrowingclub. If you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to rate and review and give it five stars on Apple Podcasts. And you can now rate it five stars on Spotify too. Like and share and recommend it to all your friends. And don't forget to join us again next week when we hear about a solo trip across the Pacific. Toodle pip!